Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, aka entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast from Powering Entrepreneurs, the Harper Company Way. I'm Glenn Harper. And Julie Smith. Well, welcome, and we've got a special guest today. We've got Sean Parikh, a fellow entrepreneur, of course, has multiple companies. One is Integrity, an accounting staffing company headquartered in Texas that has multiple offices across India, and in his spare time has MyCPE, which is a global continuing education platform. Thanks, Sean, for being part of the show today. Hey, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Julie, for inviting me to this program. I'm really looking forward to this interaction. Well, I think the listeners, their first question is, uh, when you're in India, what's your favorite food to eat? Well, um, uh, I have, I mean, I have been friends with a lot of, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, people, and then they are really fond of Indian food, food, and, and they like that spicy taste. So my favorite food in India, I mean, is, is you can say bhaji pao, which is basically a curry and, and bread. Uh, uh, that we typically make. So that's that's my favorite food. We often make it uh, in our home. That sounds fantastic. When you're back in the U.S., what's your, uh, what's your favorite food that you're jonesing for? You're like a Taco Bell guy, a KFC, White Castle, barbecue? What do you go for? Well, I, I'm a vegetarian, so... Oh, wow. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. So uh, Taco Bell and uh, Subways and... Uh, 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 Chipotle's. These are the places I typically have to go, uh, where I I find uh, meat-free meal. So uh, I fo- I'm very fond of Chipotle bowl. Oh yeah. Uh, that when I used to travel in initial days of my career in US, uh, probably early 2012-13, uh, that used to be my staple meal. Uh, I, I used to take a stop at Chipotle and make some calls and, and it's the best. try to confirm those appointments <laughs> and, and, and get going, you know? So, and we, so that, yeah. We should preface with Glenn is talking all about food because he's done a time difference and he realizes that it's dinner time for Sean right now. So he's very curious about I, his, I his dinner. dinner. <laughs> now, the other question we have to know is, are you a cricket uh, like traditional soccer or a American football fan? Well, in India, you you should not be asking this question. I know it's all cricket. cricket that's why I said, yep. <laughs> cricket is a religion in India. Yep. So you know, uh, with 1.5 billion people, I'm sure uh, there would be no child or no kid in India who would not be an expert in analyzing cricket. So everybody, you know, has an opinion on cricket whether they uh, play or they do not play, uh, you know, physically. Uh, but yeah, cricket is perhaps the most followed sport in India, and I'm a cricket buff as well. I still play cricket a lot. Oh, really? uh, I mean, yeah, uh, every week, at least twice I play cricket. Uh, I'm not a, you know, gymmer. 
uh, I'm a little lazy that that way, so I play sports. So I play tennis and cricket almost uh, weekly, like twice and thrice. How about that? I caught some kabaddi uh, tournaments on ESPN The Ocho last night. I didn't know if you if that's a sport that you play at all. I know that's picking up steam. I just didn't know if that's something you're into. Well, you have done your research, Glenn. Yes, that's picking up steam in India. <laughs> that's the new so, one. Uh, yes, I, I've been following kabaddi sport and. Off late, it has got kind of commercial, uh, you know, attraction as well. So, sponsors are coming in, franchises are coming in to sponsor players, and and then it is picking up. So, any new ecosystem building around sport is good for the good for the nation uh, as a whole. So, yeah, I mean, I follow kabaddi as well, but I'm not uh, a kabaddi player, right. or I don't play that. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's always fun to have people rally towards something versus being all worried about everything else. So that's always exciting. I noticed on, uh, you know, I guess you're a, you're a chartered accountant. And as a fellow accountant, we can make fun of each other a little bit. And I suspect that means you probably have a uh, green visor and a 10 key somewhere in your office right close by, I would suspect. Is that true? Sorry, what do you say? Can you repeat? A 10 key adding machine and a green visor that the accountants usually wear. Do you have any of those laying around? No. Uh, you can say I'm I'm an odd, odd one out uh, <laughs> of that accounting community. Uh, I, I, that re, that reminds me of one of the incidents. I have studied in a college called Indian Institute of Management, Kozi Coding. I did my post-graduation there. And my specialization was marketing management okay. uh, instead of financial management. If you're a chartered accountant, typically, you know, you'll end up doing that specialization that goes without saying it's obvious that you'll be specializing financial management in your MBA. Well, when you, when I started the college, I went there, uh, it was an inaugural speech you, you need to give, uh, there. So I went upstairs on the podium and then my words were like, you know, I'm a chartered accountant. My friends are chartered accountant. My brother is chartered accountant. My wife is chartered accountant. My brother wife is chartered accountant and I'm fed up of chartered accountants. So this is the place I am where I have no accountants surrounded by me. So, you know, uh, and people started laughing and there were a couple of accountants there who kind of felt offended <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. So Sean, I have to tell you a story that I don't think I've shared with you in, in our conversations. Last year, Glenn was so excited that he remembered my birthday. We've, you know, only been working together for, you know, a little over seven years and for my birthday, as you know, I'm not an accountant and I don't even understand numbers, right? He gave me a 10 key and it's been almost yeah. a year and it's still in the box. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. <laughs> oh. So, well, um, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing we can say about that. It's exactly right. Well, Sean, it, uh, I just heard some news uh, on your LinkedIn that you guys just hit your thousandth employee. And I tell you, that is kind of well, a big deal. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, fortunately, the number is bigger than that. Oh my! Actually, that number, that number is just for the Gujarat region. So, which is just one state that we are talking about. We have offices beyond that state as well. So, uh, we have that was a post actually shared by one of our employees in that state. So, yeah, but yeah, a, a pretty big feat for all of us, and congratulations to the team as well. So, about so, yeah, how was, about how many employees do you have then? About 1,500 plus in total. Okay, Ooh. wow. Good That's for awesome. you. You want to share a little well, bit about what you do and what just, your business is? Kind of, oh, sorry, we are interrupting. 
just to kind of, kind of come and uh, come on that question of ten key. Well, I never had a ten key in my uh, in my on my table even when I was practicing. But you know uh, what I have realized is accountants are big enablers of you know in in journey of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So uh, and globally, you know, I am a big big believer of small businesses and entrepreneurship. If you want, you know, real, real big, you know, uh, stable world. So to say, and accountants play a very big role there, and I'm I'm happy that in some small way I'm helping that community. Although I'm not an accountant myself, but uh, I consider myself fortunate that I have been an accountant where I have enabled those entrepreneurs who have been either starting the business or wanted to grow the business. So that role is key, where you boost, you you act as a as, as a booster. Yeah. I agree. I think the accounting industry is getting more and more people that are not accountants that are augmenting and helping the accounting industry, which is fantastic because accountants, you know, we think just one way and it's really hard to get out of your own way. So it's nice to have other perspectives come in and, and give us all these little aha moments. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Do you want to share a little bit about what your businesses do just as a little introduction, just take a couple of seconds to talk about that and then we'll get into the meat of the matter. Yep. Sure. So uh, the first business we talk about was Integrity Offshore Staffing. We help, we, the challenges of staffing were so high and it has just aggravated post-pandemic. So we started way back, probably seven, eight years back, and we started to address this challenge for mid-size and regional accounting firms, small mid-size and regional accounting firms, and help them building their offshore team to mitigate this number one challenge of staffing. So that's the simple thing that we do. And we have been successfully doing that uh, uh, so far and helping firms. Um, our objective was to empower these firms with, you know, uh, by providing them the right access to global staffing and, and, and trying to help them. Um, the second business, uh, you know, kind of came through while we were doing this, which was continuing education. What we are trying to do in there is, you know, there are already a lot of continuing education platform. What we are trying to do is, we are trying to truly become one place continuing education platform for all kind of continuing education, you know, with all, all avenues of learning. That's what we are trying to do. Hopefully, you know, we will do it one day. So, so that's the second business we are in. Nice. Which one do you, uh, do you, which one runs better on its own right now versus which one do you have to spend uh, more time on? Well, uh, both, uh, you know, you have to be actively involved in, honestly. Uh, That's a trick question. A, <laughs> I would like to have somebody who can run it on an autopilot mode, but I think I think I'm not able to find that right guy or still it is not ready. I don't know. I'm still confused. You can say that a little bit. But yeah, both of them are very growing businesses. Uh, both businesses, fortunately, are on the right side of the post-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. Offshoring just kind of skyrocketed because of the st- because staffing challenges and remote working become so normal that offshoring became you know a buzzword in accounting world. So so that's that's kind of where integrity remains on the right side of the business and and right side of the post pandemic world and all those in person webinars in, in person seminars and and chapter meetings and events kind of vanished overnight because of the COVID and that's where people migrated online more and more. And we kind of were on the, you know, were in that space before pandemic. So fortunately that was also something that, that 
you know, went in our, our favor. Um, however, one thing which I would like to highlight is CPA certified public accountancy is truly becoming a global designation. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let me tell you something. Uh, Post pandemic, there are more than a couple of dozen institute teaching CPAs, CMAs, and CIAs that has started in India. So this is really building a big ecosystem uh, 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 for this designation, uh, and 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 lot. I mean, just to give you a number, probably two years before there would be one thousand to one thousand five hundred people every year in India becoming certified public accountant and enrolled agents. That number is going to go ten times in twenty twenty two. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. So that's the kind of change we are seeing in India, and that's the kind of demand we are seeing in India for, you know, those global accounting firms, large accounting firms. So yeah, this is a, a, a big game-changing, you know, transition. You can say transformation time for, for for us. Do you, um, as an entrepreneur, you know, you obviously probably didn't start off as an entrepreneur, but we'll kind of just skip ahead to being an entrepreneur, you know, in India and also being in the United States, is there challenges one way or the other that makes it a little easier or harder in one country or the other, or have you? is it pretty much a universal thing? Well, uh, one thing, one, let me tell you one good thing about it. I can take vacation in the name of work yep. <laughs> if I want to travel. <laughs> so that's a good thing about, you know, being in both the countries. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, jokes apart, I think, uh, it's tough to leave sometimes family back and travel for months together. Uh, I used to stay in US. Uh, I stayed there for about five to six years. Um, but you know, uh, leaving family behind and you know traveling without them is, is the tough part personally. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that is I don't see any challenge for me. Uh, it's learning both ways. I have traveled to in let's say between. 2014 to 2019, I have traveled in 28 states in US with about 150 plus boarding cards and staying in probably 250 plus Airbnb apartments or homes. So that's what my memory is with US. <laughs> right in the heartland. Yeah. Do you, uh, so, as, as far yeah. as your how did you be decide what was your journey before you became an entrepreneur? Did you already know you wanted to be one when you were just a kid or is it something you kind of just graduated into? How did, how did that trigger? You had a real job and then you decided to be an entrepreneur or did you just use a real job as a stepping stone? Cause you knew you wanted to be one. How did that happen? So, um, I, I, when I started my career, I used to work as a retainer in a couple of mid-sized companies. So that gave me an opportunity to site on the site start my entrepreneurial journey as well. So while I had a fixed income, who I, I'll call them as my anchor clients, who gave me like a fixed income every month and kind of consume me every week as well, my time. But at the same time, I had certain time on my plate where I used to kind of invest it into an entrepreneur entrepreneurial venture as well to build my own uh, public practice in India. So I. I have built and operated a public practice for about three to four years in India. And, and eventually I felt that I want to get jump into corporate. So my journey is little reverse. So it's not coming from corporates and big four and getting into public accounting. 
it was first public accounting and then i thought that i would i imagine myself building a corporate going forward so let me get the you know big exposure of how large teams are managed and fortunately at that point of time i get an opportunity with i get an opportunity with to work with one of the ceos closely wherein we built a company from four i mean i would not say we built he built and i was kind of an enabler there mm-hmm. uh, uh uh from a four people come you know to about 4000 people that gave me an exposure of all kind you know right from man you know team challenges strategy so so that kind of mentored me a lot i was fortunate enough to be part of that four five year journey and 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 that kind of gave me kind of courage strategy to build integrity as well so so before integrity and after uh, after that that uh, that venture where i i was a cfo by the way that company i'm talking about i i actually started as an accountant and i eventually became a cfo of that company and uh, then i left i started another venture into pharma space which failed i lost almost 50% of my wealth there before starting integrity so while i started integrity it was under tremendous social pressure because almost 50% of your saving is gone uh mm-hmm. and when you come out of a middle class family that is a kind of a big shock that you are doing well why you want to take uh, entrepreneurial <laughs> journey <laughs> and take those risks so being in entrepreneurship was never something from the very beginning it just came through it you can say your dream changes while you be on your journey you it was like to have a home and to have a car before and now it's something else and i mean it was then to build wealth and now it's like today i am doing this because i have a team around me which is aspiring to grow and now i am that medium you know i just just want to add one more thing sorry i'm extending this answer but today you know i we, we were surveying this and how much this is impacting uh, how much our actions are impacting you know these people who are working in integrity for these accounting firms all i let me give you a couple of data points about 30% of our people our team member uh, bought their first car with integrity about wow. more than 40% of the people bought their first home first family home after joining integrity wow. so this is the amount of social economic social impact we are trying to make collectively as a team so that is more satisfying after you have taken care of your own and family well-being yeah shawn that gave me goosebumps like what an impact you've made so quickly but one of the words that you use that you know we believe in and we believe that entrepreneurs believe in that is that team concept how quickly were you able to figure out that it wasn't about you it was about your team and what you were able to build and aspire around you uh probably i would say about 2 years before uh i realized i mean it's like you can say that you talked about that aha moment hmm. uh i went actually into uh, i went into a house of one of our team members it was a housewarming party and i saw the happiness on the face of the parents of that child and i realized it that in some small way we are trying we are, we are contributing to the social <clears throat> uh the social upliftment of people around us so 
that's where i realized that you know this is not this journey is you know now not just economic prosperity it's about making a larger impact that that we are making and it is going to those people who are economically little deprived so that is more fulfilling that we are trying to trying to i mean we are trying to i mean we are contributing in a small way to bring that balance uh so that's 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 where probably it happened yeah what an what an incredible story and then i have one more question to kind of follow up that you had mentioned before so the person that kind of took you under their wing and you built it from four employees to 4000 do you think that that person just had a huge impact in regards to mentorship as you kind of changed your journey into you know that entrepreneurial <laughs> Julie you picked my mind yeah he has tremendous influence on me today also uh i used to fight with him but he never used to kind of take it negatively mm-hmm. because he thought that my fight with him was in the interest of the business even though i was wrong some most of the mm-hmm. time you can say always so yeah uh <laughs> so still probably we may not be in that much connect with each other right now because of the business commitments and personal commitments but that that ceo of that company had a you know tremendous amount of impact on my life as well my you know professional learnings and and the way i approach and the way i deal with people i never had the vision of I, let me tell you i never had the vision of building this kind of company if i would not have been with that company you know i my thinking was small my exposure was small i would have been you know into this i mean i i would have not built this company unless i would have got that exposure that i had which is definitely one of the things we try to encourage all the entrepreneurs out there listening to this is quest for knowledge quest for knowledge you don't know what you might want to do you don't know your potential until you go and break those chains and go out and see what's out there and and you'll be surprised and amazed at what you can accomplish. Do absolutely. You, you know, this this story that you have is absolutely going to ruin the stereotypes of entrepreneurs who are successful because you're not supposed to be caring about your teammates, you're not supposed to be caring about families, caring about social stuff. You're supposed to be out there just making money and just, you know, raping and pillaging everything. You know, how how does that you know, that mindset change. I don't think most of us ever want to do that. I think we always have a greater good in our in our hearts of what we want to accomplish. I don't think you ever did it probably for the money. You probably did it for the challenge because you did it for the money. You probably wouldn't have started that, started again the second time after you lost the second piece, right? So is it just a un you know, unbridled just belief in yourself and your character and who you are? What What kept you going and saying, no way nobody's going to stop me i'm going to keep going how did you decide that what what was that in you that made that happen so most of the entrepreneurial journey you know uh, are are never for the i mean are not just for the money uh, it is it is it is something more than that uh, in my case when when i mentioned about a business failed and and so let me give you a little bit of anecdote i start i started a practice then i left a practice and went into corporate so it was a good practice but i decided you know i'm not liking it we are making good money so understand you come from a very middle class family you started getting you know economically you started getting stronger you started building up savings and suddenly you tell that you know i'm not liking it let me just leave let me jump onto something else so my mother used to scold me that what what 
what are you up to why are you doing this you know this is your career it, it has been a difficult time that we got, we have come out of and now you want to play with your career now i went into corporate stage 2 spent about 4 5 years there and then started from you know a normal accountant to cfo it's a great journey well you started drawing handsome handsome salary cx position salary all all perks everything and all of a sudden in, in your mind you started decide to get into some kind of a venture so again you know and and you know failures are not very very you know failures are a little taboo here where we stay so it's a social pressure that it creates if you fail people will start saying something well i have no problem with it but when i when you live in a joint family what happens to your mother and then people around you matters so so i left a job and and then it was a good job well paying job you leave that and then you go and venture into something and it fails and it does not fail it takes away the job from you it takes away 50% of your savings that you have built and it gives you all kind of disappointment and frustration and lack of confidence that when, are you really good enough you know you start doubting yourself so that was the stage when that venture failed thankfully uh, my wife and my brother kind of still kept that confidence in me that you know this is just one one and half year don't worry about it uh, you know you have you know seven, seven eight years has been great success so you know this is just one piece of the failure now where integrity happened so previous motivations to grow were all organic where you you know you were growing from you know we are continuously growing from your base every year every month now this is a dip that that has come to you so now it's different so now the things is the journey starts is is you have to come back to place where you were so so that was a little difficult journey and the motivation was now that if i don't build this up i would be permanently tagged as a failure in that, my community that is um, amazing i mean we we never use the term failure as an entrepreneur we always use a setback and a retool and 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 come back stronger in a different way and pivot um but i guess the social pressure you know back in india that is probably a big deal right and that has that added pressure we just i don't know if we feel that here or not in the in the us i mean people still judge us but when it's the whole family coming at you that has to be pretty hard um so is the i guess the motivation is that hey th- this was just has to be a setback you can't look at it as a failure you have to come back stronger right i mean you had to do that it was, was there any choice did you ever think well, that uh, you're going to stop or do you feel like i got to keep going well glen honestly speaking uh we are talking this in in retrospect in hindsight mm-hmm. it's 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 okay it was very agonizing for me and my wife everyone you know losing 50% of your and then then you know starting all over again so good that we have made a comeback and we have done it well uh, when you look in hindsight i think a lot of things have happened to me is because of destiny i mean we i you know went to another country started all over again all of these is took some good decisions got some great people by my side everything is okay met some great people in us who kind of supported me all of this you know but if i see that you know building this company there were probably in hindsight i always reflect and introspect and i see there are 250 things that have happened to me which were beyond my control and there was no contribution on my in that so i you know it, 
this has it was meant to be this way so uh if people often ask that you know uh you know would you like to live the life the same way that has come to you well it, i i always you know think that it has to i made a lot of mistakes but if i wouldn't have made that this wouldn't have come through so in hindsight i would think that i would have avoided those mistakes and probably tried to be more prudent and my more sane and and more conservative on things but it has to be that way coming back to social pressure thing well i was not the guy who took that pressure that much but my family around you know you live in a joint family in india so the culture is a little different there mm-hmm. here and uh, as i said i would have been easily tagged as a failure uh and you know <laughs> one more thing i would like to highlight here and you will see this article coming very soon in, in indian media that to be built you know i was a chartered accountant but today we have built company out of out of uh you can say ca dropouts and failed professionals 80% of the people that we have hired are not chartered accountants because in india you know chart if 100 people join chartered accountancy only 5 or 10 people can actually become chartered accountant what so uh, in in america the, the result is about 40 to 50% whereas in india it's very competitive so wow although the the internship they have to undergo 3 years of internship with a accounting firm and they have to you know uh prep for it so this they, they, those are really quality talent but they have missed by 5 or 10 marks and could not become chartered accountant so i had special place and empathy for that because a lot of my friends could not clear and i have seen them very working very hard and i sometimes thought that they were more deserving than me mm-hmm. and i was fortunate enough that i could clear that exam and they could not and and over a period of 5 years the compensation gap in that career becomes very high if if you are making like 100 uh being a chartered accountant in 5 years that guy who is ca inter or ca dropout with same amount of knowledge same amount of internship experience same amount of prep that he has done for ca final examination would be drawing like 20 dollars Oh my so god. This is a kind of conversation gap <laughs> happens, yeah. Well, we always like to say that uh, you know, you 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 fail forward and it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it. And you know, entrepreneurs are just, you know, we try to inspire as many people that listen to this podcast as possible that, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And yeah, because it's hard you really get to get down and just decide what kind of character do you have how hard are you willing to work to do it and sometimes you got to you get lucky and you get a mentor sometimes something happens that makes you look at things in different perspective and sometimes the hard work and the planets align and things work out and it seems like that's probably what's happened with you which is an amazing but you didn't do it by just sitting on your laurels you went out there and made it happen um do you think uh uh what is your like I know this is a trick question so I'm you I'm just going to tell you so you don't get feel like you're being tricked but you know what's the end game for you is you want to grow your company to 5000 employees 20000 employees you want to turn around and sell this thing you want to buy do some more businesses as uh, when once you make 100 billion dollars what is what is the end game which I know the answer but go ahead and try to tell me uh I actually you know i mean i i've tried to ask that question to myself 
and actually never got that kind of clear answer that I wanted. But I have kind of realized what I don't want to do. Uh, I don't want to kind of just pursue any opportunity for the sake of, you know, uh, let's say, I want to continue making social impact while doing what we are doing. So uh, definitely we want to do that. Uh, so I just don't want to do something for the sake of business opportunity as only with my CP, what we are doing is for every credit you take, we are donating one meal to an underserved person. So that's the social objective. And so far we have distributed more than a million meals in our oh. short journey of uh, two years. And that has been a wonderful program that we have. And in India, you have that problem, which is genuine. Plus we are working with a food bank of New York, food bank of South Jersey. Uh, and then we are taking help from there as well. And continuously month on month, we are donating funds there. So my objective or my way of looking at, I, if I, if I grow my CP, my object, social objective will continue to grow with it. With, with integrity, what we are doing and, you know, just, just it, it would be great for you as well to listen. With integrity, what we are, we are starting, we were planning to start this two years before, but school closed and pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. all schools were closed kind of and went online. So with every employee or every staff that a firm hired, we will be taking care of entire education of an underserved person, one person. So as we grew in number of staff, let's say we have 5,000 people, we would be supporting 5,000 children. So this would be part of our objective and it grows as the business grows. So, so if you, if you, if I can highlight, this is what I would like to do with whatever I do from here, not really know what I'm doing. I think whatever I'm doing, if I'm able to justify that itself, it's great. Uh, but this is a little bit of thought process uh, in, 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 in executing what we are doing. I think the, uh, the stereotype again of entrepreneurs and people that run businesses is just so not fair in the media because I have yet to find entrepreneurs that don't truly care about their teammates, their employees, employees, families. Um, it really is about trusting and empowering and, and having everybody rise up with you. Right. I mean, what fun is it doing it by yourself? And it's great to hear that you believe in the same concept. And again, a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe their own a sole proprietor, maybe a couple employees you've got, you know, quite a few employees and you guys basically have grabbed them all in and said, Hey, these are my extended family and you're taking care of them. Um, but, but they're getting rewarded. They're getting smarter. They're um, making an impact. They're helping their clients out. They're helping the company out. I mean, what a great success story to have that happen. Uh, because I would imagine anybody that's a part of your team, I'd imagine they're not going to want to leave your team very time soon. I think, I think you probably treat them pretty well. Well, uh, I'd like to believe that, but uh, staffing is a challenge, uh, even in right. India now. And, uh, well, yes, team is going to be this cornerstone or, or the backbone of any businesses that you're building. And uh, I have realized it hard, you know, hard ways, you know, sometimes in your journey, you know, growth comes with a little bit of, you can say, loneliness, uh, fast growth, in fact, uh, and, and, um, if you ask me, one of the biggest regrets that probably I would have is during this journey of, uh, you know, this entrepreneurial journey, probably lost few colleagues on its way. 
uh, and and I would say that if they would have been by my side, I would be, I would, you know, they would be happy as well, and then I would be happier as well. So those were hardworking colleagues of mine, uh, uh, and then uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that uh, yeah they, they they are not together in the success, but yeah, their contribution to this business have been invaluable. Yeah, sometimes it it just doesn't fit, and you can't force it. Um, one thing we always like to ask our entrepreneurs as, on the guests on the show is, you know, is there any, you, you mentioned regrets about bringing some colleagues along, but is there anything that you would think back and go, wow, if I knew what I know today back then, or if somebody would have told me the shortcut, I'd have got here a lot quicker is, and again, there's nothing to replace the school of hard knocks, of course, but is there something that you could point to sometime in yes. the past that said, Man, if I just knew that, that would have been the key. What would that have been? Well, um, uh, one thing that happened operationally on the back end side of uh, what we are doing is, um, well, one thing let me tell you, uh, which probably would be more relatable to this conversation. So, I thought initially when we started working uh, with and started integrating that I have to visit every accounting firm and close them. So I cannot, because I my accent is heavy and I cannot close accounting firm uh, without meeting them in person and giving them that trust. So I used to travel a lot, go to all conferences, et cetera, et cetera. Well, but in the year 2015 or six, 2016 or 17, a guy named Michael Rosedale, who is also a CPA, uh, uh, is also uh, in New York and and, and happened to be you know, he came to my booth and uh, he's an entrepreneur too, apart from being an accountant and, 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 and a great brain. And I, I'll tell him he was my guide in, in America. I learned a lot from him. So he told me that I'll be closing clients for you without visiting them. And just on phone, you have to pay me this much commission. I said, why not? I, if I've not, I'm not required to pay anything to you without clients, well, go for it. And that break the mindset, you know, Good that I was open to that, but kind of it was a big mindset shift. So if I would have known that three, four years back, probably we would have been probably two X of what we are. Isn't that now. crazy? I don't know. Uh, we we call that getting out of your own way, right? Recognizing yeah. the strengths and 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 we'll call them weaknesses that all of us have. But it's really hard as an entrepreneur. We're bullheaded. We're stubborn. We believe we know it all, and we want to do it. And the second we step back and augment that with some other people on our team, magic can just happen. Yeah. I was so wrong. (laughs) But you know what? If, if you got it earlier, maybe it wouldn't have meant as much because you didn't have to work so hard. You never know, right? It's, you don't know who you're going to be, but boy, it would be neat to go back and, and fix that. Um, well, I, you know, I think the, the end game question is an open-ended question because I don't think there is one. I think uh, if you love what you do, it's really not work. You're probably going to just keep going. Why would you stop? Um, again, the money at this point really doesn't matter because you have your lifestyle you want. You're helping people. You enjoy getting up every day, going to work. That literally, to me, is the entrepreneurial dream um, to have that. Uh, it's not about you anymore. It's about everybody you impact. And I, I think you've probably achieved it. So congratulations. But I feel like you got so much more to do. Uh, yeah. Well, we continue, we are, we are continuing to do what we are doing right every day. So, uh, 
that's what the motivation is to get up every day and then do what you're doing like a job but with a lot of delight fun and then results oh yeah Nothing better. Well, I, it's uh, we're going to enjoy sitting back and uh, and helping you participate and watching you participate and watching you build this empire. And uh, I can't wait to imagine how high it's going to go. So we're all excited for you and appreciate you coming on our show today. And I hope any entrepreneurs are listening to this uh, realize that it ain't easy. And uh, but if you stay with it and you and you keep working, you acquire that knowledge, it'll happen for you. So just uh, believe in yourself. Um, surround yourself with people that believe in you. And who knows what you can accomplish. And I'm really thankful to you, Glenn and Julie, first for inviting me for this wonderful, wonderful interaction. And second, you are helping small businesses. You are celebrating entrepreneurship, which is most important. It's it's very celebration important. of entrepreneurship is very, very important. You guys are doing that, and I would like to applaud you for that. So please continue your such efforts and and, and that that really uh, is bringing good positive results. Well, thank you, Sean, for those kind words. We appreciate it. Yeah, we, again, there's nothing better than watching somebody have that dream in their eye and it makes it happen. It's it's the best. It's the best feeling ever. Well, get back. Hopefully you have your uh, midnight snack here uh, back home or at your time zone, and we're getting ready to start the day. So, again, Sean, thanks for coming in, uh, and we'll uh, have this podcast out there for everybody to listen to uh, directly. Uh, this is Glenn Harper signing off. And Julie Smith. At Harper & Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.